if you would have told me right when I started that I was going to be even like able to podium at a national event, I would have been like, mm, probably not, but okay. Um, like you're just making it up at this point. Um, but three years later, here we are. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that Gosh, man, that was, was the moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. So last week I mentioned that there was a ton of weightlifting competitions going on at the same time. I think Worlds ended like two days ago. Um, the American Olympic Finals was a couple weeks back. And my next guest was actually the winner of the 81 kilo weight class in the American Open Finals, Brandon Victorian. I was watching his session online and it was just really good vibes watching him lift. We followed each other on Instagram for a few months, but never really interacted. Um, saw him come out on the platform, hit some huge numbers, ended up with his last lift, uh, which we discussed right off the rip, but uh, he ended up not getting credit for a lift he probably should have, so he kind of gives an explanation on that one. Talks about his performance and uh, just mental game, everything like that. I think it's always super refreshing to hear from people who are high level say that they get anxiety. They don't feel confident in their performance all the time, and I think that's what we all need to hear. So whether you are a world champion or you are signing up for your first weightlifting competition, I think you'll get a lot out of this one. So hope you guys enjoy the conversation. We'll shoot it there now. Is that something like you care about doing? Because like weightlifting, you're kind of all on your own. Even mm -hmm. if you're like on the professional side, you're doing everything yourself. Is that something that you've kind of started to do on your own? Yeah. So after I got back um, from that Cuba meet, I was kind of like, okay, there's like kind of seeing how people um, market, not necessarily market themselves, but how much they post and like how frequently they post and what they're posting. I was like, okay, the minimum I can do is at least post what i am doing every day in training it doesn't have to be like every session or every movement but like i think i was like okay i can at least show my friends and family that watch like what it takes to go into these competitions because you kind of just show up and they're like oh you just lift heavy weight every once in a while and it's like no there's all this training and stuff and all this these ups, ups and downs and ebbs and flows um and so that's kind of the approach i wanted to take with it um and i kind of have some humor in some of my videos here and there. Um, but for the most part, it was just like, I just want to at least show more of what I'm doing, you know, and just kind of noticing how people do that. Well, I'm like, that can't be that hard to do. And it kind of is, but you know, if you just are consistent, it kind of works out. Yeah. I talked to, talked to uh, Shelby Flug yesterday and we kind of talked about that. Like, um, you know, just putting your training out there and seeing, seeing what everybody's doing, because like you said, your, your friends and family might show up to the competition and be like, Hey, what's this weightlifting thing that you're doing? And, you know, even before they change the platforms to the side where you can see people warming up, but like, you didn't even know what people are doing in the back, back room. You're just like out there chilling. I, I know like my parents would come to a meet and they would hear my name called and then people would be like, Oh no, he's not going right now. He's not going right now. And it's just kind of funny because nobody really knows what goes on in the back room. Oh yeah. And everyone's like, why, like, why are they not coming out and they get pissed because they wanted to see you and they're like, we're here to see him. And it's like, just relax <laughs> this moment. Like I'll, we'll be out there in a little bit. 
I wanted to uh, to get started with the the 183 because I saw Brittany posted a story that um why it was actually why you got two red lights because I was just watching on the live stream I saw the front angle mm-hmm. and my girlfriend and I were like there's no way he pressed out like we weren't really sure what happened so uh kind of walk through that lift and and the emotions I'm sure after hitting it and then not getting credit for it yeah that that definitely was uh. It made it a little sour to, um, you know, win and finish out that way. But um, no, we we honestly still don't really know. Um, whenever, obviously, they gave me the down signal, um, they gave it to me a little earlier than when I actually let the bar go. Um, and so I was going to hold on to it for a little longer. But then I was like, oh, I have the down. I don't think I pressed out. I should be good. Um, and I kind of stopped a little bit. And I was like, OK, I'm dropping this. I'm sick of having this over my head. Um, and then obviously they gave me the two reds. So then my coach is kind of like, what's going on? Like, what's the deal? On top of that, before we even get to that, there's not even a jury. So there's not even a chance to get it overturned. Um, but my coach goes up to the judges and they're like, what's the deal? Like, where we go wrong? Because we're just kind of want to know, obviously, why we got the two reds. And they said I never stopped, um, which is why they gave me the reds in the first place. But then we're like, well, you shouldn't have given us a signal of any sort if I never fully stopped. Um, Cause we were just thinking they were just going to call for the elbows. Um, but they were like, yeah, it was your feet. You never stopped. That's why we gave you the two reds or like, that's why you got two reds. But we were like, we shouldn't have gotten anything um, until I either stopped or dropped the lift. Um, so never really got to get a really good answer. Um, that's kind of the best that we did get. And without a jury, there wasn't really any way they could like go back and overturn it. Um, so yeah. Basically, I should have just stayed still maybe a little bit longer, but that's that's all, that's all I know so far. Yeah, I mean, it, like, like easier said than done, 400 pounds <laughs> over your head. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure, you know, trying to control that thing. And it did look like you were, I know like you didn't really stop moving, but there was a point where you definitely had control. It mm-hmm. wasn't like it was out of control. It wasn't like you were coming unlocked or anything like that. It was just kind of you know, you have 400 fucking pounds. Over your head. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Gonna, it's going to move you around a little bit, um, whether you want to or not. Um, and I, I kind of almost had it at the front of the stage, um, but then kind of like stopped for literally a split second. And then my right foot went back and that's what kind of threw me back again. Um, but that's what I figured. That's why they gave me the down signal at that front part. But the logic still doesn't quite map out. But here we are. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, um, the jury. I didn't. I didn't know there was no jury. Which I think they should honestly get rid of the jury anyway, just because it seems like they're just overturning everything at this point. But uh, <laughs> I mean, they are supposed to be there. Yeah, like, that's the rule right now. Exactly, and that's there were a lot of a sessions that didn't have a jury, and I think that'll be a lot of. They sent like a survey out, and I think a lot of people will be uh, pretty adamant about that. Um, or vocal about that um but i mean you get lifts like that where i think there were a couple of lifts throughout the weekend that were bat lifts that you look at and you're like where's the where's the elbow bobble there that's just a shoulder tilt um and so in that case you should have a jury because you're like you should get that lift um and obviously i'm preaching that because i would have loved a good lift but you know it's a big stage and people are trying to make some teams and I get why everybody's frustrated about it. So, 
Yeah, I was looking just at the rankings beforehand. I always love to look at people, see, um, you know, your progression as a weightlifter, but also I was looking at the rankings, and the only guys ahead of you, I mean, you have an Olympian. You have Travis Cooper, who's competed at Worlds five times, and then uh, Grimsland, who's not even really technically in your weight class. Mm -hmm. So, like, to to be up that high is is incredible, and you haven't been doing this that long. Yeah, yeah, it's I keep people always saying I'm like yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's not logical, um, but I guess there is some logic behind the coaching. I guess. So, kind of walk through what your path's been like to get here. I mean, usually I'm looking at people who are who are ranked as high as you, and the competition history is three pages long. They've been doing it since 2010, 2012, but uh, not much actually on you to look at your past competition history. Yeah. Um, so. I always have to reassure people that it didn't just happen overnight, of course. Um, and I've been in the weight room since I was 13, 14, whatever, how old I would have been in like sixth grade, seventh grade um, with football and just was in the gym all throughout high school. Um, and that's kind of obviously where I've packed on a lot of strength um, and muscle. And then once I graduated high school, kind of just did like row lifting throughout college. Um, was really just focused on the degree. Didn't really have time to like there were even periods of time then where I would go like a month or two without even being able to work out because of classes and homework and tests and whatnot. Um, and then would like get back in shape over breaks and then kind of just go through that same cycle. Um, and then it wasn't really until 2017. Um, I think I told you the other day I came across that one of those CrossFit documentaries um, on Netflix, sat down and watched it. And I was like enthralled. I was like, this is exactly, this looks like what we did in high school for workouts, but people are competing. Like this is this insane level of fitness that they're chasing after. And so I was like, okay, that's probably something I can somehow find my way into. We'll just kind of see how it plays out. Um, and so still kind of kept with um, like doing my own thing with the bro splits and I would throw in like, a little circuit at the end, like a hit circuit or kind of like a wad that I made up or found or like saw someone doing on Instagram. And I'm like, that looks hard and that might make me better. So I'll try that. Um, and did that for about two years um, and then had a buddy out here who was also really into CrossFit. So we would just drop into boxes all the time um, kind of do some wads here and there. Uh, but never really hopped on coaching. It was kind of just like, I'm just going to do my thing and see what happens. Did the open, realized that in some capacity, if I want to get be good at this, I need some guidance. Um, and so kind of just hummed a little bit in a couple of boxes that I was more consistent at. Um, and like towards the end of 2019, I think I was kind of getting to that point of like, okay, I'm going to have to figure out some way to do this. Um, and then dropped in at a gym at the beginning of 2020 that was kind of a CrossFit gym. It's called Endura Lab. Um, and just was dropping in for like a Saturday wide. Um, it was like a beer social. I was just going to hang out with some homies. Uh, the guy that invited me didn't show up. Um, and so I was kind of just there on my own. And at the time, the gym that I'm at now was attached to Endura Lab. Um, and I kind of walk in and I see all these meatheads, these big gorillas moving weight around. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that looks fun. I've kind of dabbled it, it in on my own before I even got on uh, my coach's program and I'd hit 315 on my own, but I was like, 
not that great form had never jerked snatched a little bit 255 was my best um and so i was like okay i could for sure use a little help but i recognized a guy in there um so i went and talked to him and i was like hey man i don't know anybody else here so i'm just gonna click on you for a little bit um then he hopped in and did the wad that with the like other portion of the gym and then afterwards we're finishing up i'm breathing heavy and i was like so what's going on over here like is this specifically for snatch and clean and jerk what's the vibe and he was like yeah um our coach is over there obviously like all these guys aren't even trying to breathe heavy remotely so they're just kind of <laughs> in their own corner um and i was like cool like do i just like if i was interested do i just go up and talk to him like what's the what's the etiquette i don't know and he was like yeah just walk over um chris is really cool um he'll probably be glad to really look at you and like give you some tips and pointers and i was like great i got my stuff in the car um, so I went and grabbed my lifters and introduced myself, moved around a little bit. Um, and then Chris was kind of like, you move pretty well, like trying to keep it low key, probably trying not to like boost my ego or anything like that. Um, he was like, uh, I'd love to have you come back next weekend, maybe do like a little max out and I can really see how you move under heavyweight. Um, so went the following weekend um, and I think I hit... I don't think I even hit 120 for a snatch, maybe closer to like 110, 115. Um, and then barely got 140 up um, for a clean and couldn't even jerk it. Like it was just like, I looked like an infant trying to figure out how to do the lifts and I'm sweating. I'm like, this guy probably thinks I'm a joke. I'm an idiot. Um, like why am I even here? And he was like, you move pretty well. Like you're still fairly new, I can tell, but I would love to get you in a program. We have a local meet coming up. Um, I think you should sign up for it and like, we'll try to get you on the platform. And at that point, I'm not even thinking about the sport at all. I'm just like, I really just want to get better at CrossFit, um, and try to go that route. I don't really want to go into program, but I want to get sucked into it. Um, and I was kind of going back and forth about it. And then one of the other members there, Stephanie was like, if you sign up, I'll pay for your entrance fee. And like, you'll get a t-shirt and everything. And I was like, mm, okay, then I guess I'll sign up and we'll see what happens. Um, so hopped on the program and I was like, I'll probably just do this for a couple of months, see how it goes. Um, and then I'll compete at the meet, whatever. And then literally the next week, the entire world shut down, um, and all the gyms shut down. And so I was like, all right, I just hopped on this program and I don't even have anywhere to go, no gym, no equipment. And so I kind of was like, I'm probably going to hop off. Um, probably going to get fat because I'm not going to have anywhere to go during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, and then luckily Chris loaned out some equipment to my buddy Colton, who I met up there as well, um, to his garage or he like, he loaned out the equipment and he put it in his garage. Um, and he hit me up and he's like, Hey man, I know everything's kind of shut down. If you need somewhere to work out, feel free to come. Um, I'm pretty much open whenever he's in law school. So he was always at home, um, doing like online classwork and stuff. Um, so that pretty much turned into me going to his house um, almost every day and we would just throw down in the garage and that was kind of the start of the journey. Um, and then I want to say for about four, five months, we were in his garage and then things started finally opening back up. Chris had a new location um, open up and then finally got to get some real good in-person coaching with him. Uh, and then I had my first meet in October 2020 um, at Hunger in the Wild in Dallas. And like I, like I told you the other day, that was 
the first time obviously I competed and then somehow placed uh, third. I thought I was going to like absolutely shit the bed. Um, I went one for three of my snatches and then three for three of my clean and jerks. Um, and then they scored it based off of Sinclair. Um, so at first I thought I was like fifth and I was like, okay, great. That sounds about right. Um, and then like, no, we made a mistake. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, the points say that I should be third, but like I'm ranked fifth. That doesn't make any sense. And they were like, we made a mistake. Bring it back. Bring it back, Steve Harvey. And I'm like, okay. I actually got third, so that's pretty cool. And the person who won was Fernando Reyes, uh, who's gone to the Olympics a couple of times because um, they're pretty tight with him at Hunger in the Wild. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I may be decent, like, at a local level. And we'll just kind of see how that plays out. Um, but qualify for our state meet, which was, like, four months later. Um and then I want to say I ended up hitting like 130, maybe 135 at that state meet and then hit 160 maybe for clean and jerk. Um, then qualified for nationals um, and then kind of just been on that train since. Um, I think long story short or maybe long story medium. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's usually you see a lot of people who come over from CrossFit and it's almost like pulling teeth to actually get them to start weightlifting. Mm -hmm. Um, even people who will be relatively successful quickly. Um, and it's funny how your coach was like, Oh, you, you move well, like maybe, maybe kind of show up next week and see what happens. Like didn't try to scratch and claw your way. Like, Hey, you need to be a weightlifter. Cause I know some coaches do that. And, uh, usually it's effective when people are competitive, you know, you, you grow up playing sports and it's like, Hey, you can be pretty good at this thing. You can, you know, travel to a bigger competition, maybe qualify for nationals. And, uh, yours is kind of the opposite. Like, Oh, just show up, see what happens. Yeah, do this meet, kind of have fun. No, it was it was definitely that way, and I think my I think my coach is a genius um, because as soon as I got on the platform and competed, I finished up and I was like, okay, yeah, I need more of this. This is like literal crack cocaine, um, just because you get that adrenaline and everyone's watching, and you just kind of had that like, damn, I know I could have done better, or I know I got more in the tank, um, and that was like. I know in his brain, he probably was like, yep, I got him hooked on and sinker. Not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I think he even, we talked about it after nationals this year. I was like, yeah, I thought I was an absolute like zero when I came in. And he was like, no, I, I knew you, like I wanted you in. Um, and I didn't, he like didn't have any doubt about me being able to be good. And I was like, I'm glad you felt that way. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm going anywhere in this court, but now here we are. I think you need that, especially as an adult, an adult, like having something to compete at, having something to get that adrenaline out. Cause I mean, how many people just, you know, you get done work and you, you sit on the couch and you just have no direction. Mm -hmm. Like how, even if you're going to compete at a local meet, it still fires you up. It's still like you, you get out there, you get uncomfortable, you do things that you necessarily don't necessarily want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's important. I think it's important for everybody. So I always encourage people to compete. No, I definitely agree. Um, even if it's like, because the year before, in, I want to say 2019, I did intramurals, like pipe football. Even then I was like, this is this is like, it, this is good. I need this. Um, and that's kind of the extent of my athletic ability I thought was going to be for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> and so it's cool to not, for that not to be 
you know, me being one of those guys on a Sunday afternoon that's rec league and just kind of bawling my heart out for no reason, <laughs> you know. But if you are that person, yeah, no, no, no offense that. to like, those guys, but yeah, go do it. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to know that I can, you know, actually get on a good competition platform and compete at a high level with some of these guys that you're saying that are just freaks of nature. And I'm like, how the hell, you know, are they p- picking up this weight and putting an overhead? I mean, y- you've essentially became that person, though. I get, I guess, like, kind of people are going to look at you now as that guy. How's he lifting all this weight? Which is, which is fair. That's that's accurate. <laughs> I kind of forget. Yes. So it, I mean, it happened pretty fast, but what uh, setbacks have you had? Like this sport is obviously anybody who trains weightlifting knows there's injuries, there's plateaus. Like, have you, I mean, since you've been in the sport for a little amount of time, have you faced any adversity? Yeah. Um, I think I faced it mostly in training. Um, so even before I got into the sport, I had a back injury um, in 2019, which kind of put me on the bench a little bit for like pulling off the floor and doing heavy back squats. Um, I kind of had to re- rehab that up for about three months, went to a chiropractor. Um, and everything finally got pretty sturdy and solidified and I was ready to keep moving around. Um, I want to say actually at the end of last year, I had a pretty gnarly knee injury um like right before meet um i don't know what happened but i was just doing some squats one day my knee was feeling weird um and kind of it wasn't really like a pop but it was not good and for like four days i couldn't walk on it um and luckily it healed up pretty quick and i was able to go and compete um, at a local meet but it was pretty freaky and like everyone was like dude are you like going to be okay? Are you going to be able to walk again? And I'm like, yeah, I hope so. I don't know. Like I'm telling my coach and he's kind of just like, let's just rest on it. Let's see what happens. Um, luckily that didn't take me too far out the game. Um, and then there was a period in time in the beginning of last year, I had a pretty bad bruise on my hip or like kind of that pelvic bone, which spiraled into a whole, um, mess of trying to figure out if i had um like a hernia um because i couldn't snatch because every time i hit the hip it was just pain um so i had to back off for like two or three weeks um which was kind of scary because then we had they went a little deeper and they found a couple of things and they were like we don't think there's anything crazy but you might have so and so um but I did a couple of tests blood tests blood work uh, had a couple of sonograms i think there was just a, a bruise that was getting kind of out of hand and plus maybe some ingrown hair there. Um, but kind of was just like, damn, I really want to stay active in the gym. I want to be with the friends that are in the gym, you know, um, that kind of just forced me to take a step back and realize that, okay, it's way more important for me to stay healthy and be able to move around um, and not make any injuries worse. I think both of those were kind of clear cut um, realizations of let's take care of the body first. So that way we can actually keep moving good on the platform and keep moving good in training. Um, and that way we can hit those numbers that we're really shooting for. Um, but outside of that, I haven't had any major, um, I guess, injuries or setbacks yet. So fingers crossed I can keep holding on. Um, but yeah, my knees by the day are just like, bro, how long are we going to do this? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, hang on. We're going to keep trying. So, yeah. 
I think the important part too is like when you have, I mean, we have this illusion because you, you look at Instagram and you see everybody PRing all the time that you think everything's going to be good all the time. Mm -hmm. Like everybody kind of looks in peak form and a lot of times they'll be posting PRs from six months ago and Mm -hmm. as today and you think, wow, they're hitting that now and I'm so far away. But I think when you do have an injury or you have something come up like just mindset wise, it's important to, to just kind of take a deep breath and, and not, you know, if you, if you have a knee injury a couple weeks out from a meet, the worst thing you can possibly do is start panicking and be like, Oh, there's going to be no way I can compete. And you kind of blow that out of proportion where if you probably, you know, you take a couple days off, you take care of yourself, you go to the right person, PT wise, uh, chiropractor, whatever, it's probably going to heal itself if you just kind of do nothing. Yeah. But if you, if you start panicking, I think that's where you start to run into some issues and think, Hey, I'm behind. I need to push it way more than I can. And I I think that's like a thing that I see with beginners is like when things aren't feeling good, like it's okay to just kind of call it that day, even call it for a week and, and kind of don't panic. You'll be fine. We do these lifts all the time. We're, we're doing the same two lifts in training. So it's not like you're going to forget how to do them if you take a week off. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And there's even times like leading up to this cycle um, or like leading up for the cycle for this meet um, where I would text my coach and I'm like, hey, my knee, my knee doesn't feel good. My shoulder doesn't feel good. Um, like I, maybe I'll just go lighter weight and take a step back. And sometimes he's just like, don't even worry about it. We'll just take a day off. Da, da, da. And I'm like, I can't just take a day off. Like it's going to, that's going to ruin everything, you know? Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's literally that simple of just taking a break. Um, and I have to constantly remind myself that, um, and people in our gym too, um, just cause it's, it's so easy to think missing one day is going to ruin everything or having a being forced to eat or you're not being forced to eat a donut. No one is, but you know, if you're, going off your diet a little bit, um, thinking that everything's just going to fall to the wayside, but it's like, no, you're, it's a part of taking care of your body and staying healthy. Um, not every day is on. Um, I think even like moving necessarily from the injuries part of it. Um, I think seeing like the dips in my training too, um, that's happened so many times the last two years where we start peaking for a meet and I'm like, I can barely snatch 120 today. Like what? what the hell's happening? How, how am I supposed to go on a platform in two weeks and try to snatch 140 or clean, uh, like 170? I can't even do 130. Like what's, what's the deal here? Um, I think that was, I think I've, I've had a lot of those sessions where, um, I think a lot of people can feel defeated really easily, um, and just not show up the way they should, um, or at least to show up in general, you know, days after or weeks after. And I think, that's been kind of cool to see how it's just like, yeah, take the rest. Like your body's beat up. You're doing this all day, not all day, but almost every day for three hours. Like you're not going to be at peak at all the time. And it's annoying to realize that, but it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's healthy for us and we need to definitely be cautious of that for our bodies. It looks like in training, I mean, obviously you don't post everything, but it, it looks like you do a lot of submaximal stuff, like a lot of, you know, snatches at 115, 120, which is relatively light for what you're hitting in competition. So is that kind of an emphasis in your training, like moving lighter weights 
um, really well? Or is is it just like you just getting lazy and not really posting all the heavy days? Um, so actually, I'd say I probably post more so. And this is like me exposing myself. I'm one of those guys that I'll post when I get heavier or like even closer to heavy, um, like an actual post. Usually I'll post on my stories a good amount of kind of the routine, light movements and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I truthfully, whatever my coach tells me to do, I just put it on the bar and I do it. Um, but I think he's really intentional with, and like I have to recognize as well, those days where we're only hitting that 70 to 80% range. Um, it's not necess- necessarily about, it's easy to think that, oh, this isn't flashy. This not, this isn't important. Um, but I have to always reground and say, okay, there's a reason why my coach has me doing this weight. How can I be a little more technical? Can I be a little more patient in the pool? Can I pull under faster? Um, are my elbows getting around faster? Am I, am I actually moving fast with that weight? Um, I think that's the intentionality behind those, um, lighter days, if you will. Um, it's easy to see light days and think, I don't really need to give it a hundred percent, but I think those are the days where you're like, this is, these are like the bricks. This is the foundation. Um, and this is where I get to see the kinks. Um, cause it's easy. Like you, I don't know if you, I don't know if compensation is the right word, but I feel like you can get away with a lot whenever you have lighter weight. Um, and so usually I try to video all of my sets. I may not post them all. Um, but like, if I kind of noticed like, Oh, Chris, I wasn't like when I landed, I felt a little out of position what's going on there. Um, and he usually is pretty good at being able to dissect that and say, Oh, this is what you didn't do right here. Just because it's light, you can't rush the pool or you can't wait too long or things of that nature. And so I think that's a lot of the thought behind the way he programs. Um, and it's hard to see too, or not hard to see. Um, but it's hard to watch people on Instagram always have the heavy block snatches or the heavy back squats or this and that. And you're like, frick, they're doing this at this point in time. Like, does Chris really know what he's not, not that I, not that I never think he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but it's like, why well, doesn't Chris let me get, you know, some of this this big juice on the bar? Let me go a little bonkers, let me go crazy. But I just, I just <laughs> know that, yeah. I want, I want to go big Friday, you know. Or a good singlet Saturday every week. Um, but like it can't be that every day. Um, because like I said, that's one, it's not sustainable for the body, but two, you gotta get that those minor kings, I think, that translate well into the platform lifts. Yeah. It's so easy to just see what other coaches are doing now too, because it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think you you in the back of your mind almost start questioning your coaches, like, why why aren't we doing that? Yeah. And uh I mean, obviously, if you're working with somebody one-on-one in person all the time, they know you more than anybody else is going to know you. So I think that's important to to the people thinking like, oh, I'm just going to go on Catalyst because Maddie Rogers is an Olympian. You're obviously, one, not going to get the attention that Maddie Rogers gets, and two, you probably don't need that level of attention. Like, you just need a good program. You need somebody who you're able to communicate with, Mm -hmm. and uh, you're going to go as far as you're going to go. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we can get into the comparison all day. Like, we can talk about, you know, just watching everybody on Instagram in this sport. Obviously, you've had a lot of success early on. Um, That's probably not typical for everybody to be qualifying for nationals their first year or 
you know, winning AO finals after a couple years in the game. But uh, yeah, I think everybody wants a rush because we see even people can look at you and see how good of a meet that you just had. And it's like, oh, that's where he is right now. But you put in a lot of training to get here. It, yeah. it wasn't by any means easy. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and I, I still need to say like the same thing because um, first nationals meet, I placed fifth, which isn't bad by any, I don't think by any means, but my brain is immediately like, I only place fifth. Like these guys are, <laughs> there's, there's Harrison Morris. He's, he's 20, what, 21 at the time. He's cleaning 200. How do I get there? Um, yeah, it's, you can't, you can't think that because everyone starts different. They have their own pace and how fast they can, you know, improve. And yeah, I know it's probably easy for people to think that. And I, even still, I'm like, I just placed first, but I'm like, well, damn, there's people at Worlds that are they're snatching 170. When am I going to snatch 170, you know? Um, if that ever happens, it's probably not happening. But, you know, it's it's always that comparison game. And I think it's it's important to just be happy with where you're at um, and just, like, find the joy in where you've been able to bring yourself to because the sport's not easy. Like, working out is not easy in general because um, you're literally – pushing your body to things it's not used to and you're just uncomfortable the whole time. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's, I, I constantly have to say, okay, you are where you are now because you trusted the process. So just keep doing that. Um, and it's nice to have a coach that will remind you that all the days aren't going to be good. Um, most of them aren't going to be good. And so, yeah, no, it's, Comparison's dumb. Instagram's dumb, if we're being honest, but it's still kind of cool <laughs> yeah. to see and get encouragement from everybody else. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you feel like after this meet, did you have any shift in like, I kind of made it or did it kind of validate having a really good performance Did that validate your, the work that you've been able to put in? Or have you always been able to kind of zoom out and just look at like what you're doing as, you know, it's just a spot on your progression and where you end up is kind of irrelevant. Um, I'd say this is the second meet where it's shifted my mind frame. Um, first one would have been, so for a while, like the longest time I hit the weights and I'm just like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like this sport, like I'm in the sport, but there's people who've been here longer. There's, there are people that are stronger, the people that aren't strong, but like, have I really put in the work? Um, like, do I deserve to be here? Um, that Cuban meet early this year, placed third there. That was kind of the first moment where I was like, oh shit, maybe I actually do belong in the sport. Like, like I know I've put the work in, but it, you, you forget that and you're like, well, I'm, I know I'm going to go out there and miss all these lifts. I don't have the experience. I'm going to go zero for six, one for six. But then you're like, well, why would you even think that? Like you've made the most of those lifts in training. And even if you miss it, like it's still it's still progress because you've pulled on the weight. You've kind of put the work. You did the hard part. Um, like now you just go out there and show it. Um, and then to go out, to travel that far, um, to have Team USA on the, on the chest, you're like still nervous. You just, you know, everyone's watching. You're like, I don't belong here. I don't just miss everything. It's not going to go great. Um, but just being able to go there and kind of compete in that environment and do well, I was like, okay, I'm a competitor. I'm strong. Maybe 
I just keep doing what I'm doing, stick with it. And it's going to get me further than I think. And for sure, I thought I would have a year before, um, but even like the week before, like just that continual reminder, like just stick with it. And I think this meet has like doubled down on that experience earlier this year where it's like, okay, not that I'm necessarily that guy, but it's like, I belong here. I'm competing with literally the best people in the nation. Um, like you were saying earlier, if I would have hit my last lift, that's a 3.30 total. Ryan Grimsland hit 3.30 um, at Nationals. Travis only hit 3.27. I'm in the mix now. My coach is constantly reminding me that, like, you're in the mix now. Like, you deserve to be here. Um, you show up and you put in the work. And I think this meet was kind of like that. Okay, I'm, I am a competitor now and on the national level and hopefully I can just make some people sweat and realize that I'm, I'm in the game now. What do you do in the moment when you're, you know, say you're about to walk out on the platform and you're having those thoughts. Is there anything that you kind of go to when, you know, when you're thinking, Hey, I don't deserve to be here. Maybe this guy's been training longer than I have. Is there, you know, a breathing exercise or something that you do that you're able to kind of snap yourself out of it? Mm. I'd say it starts for me, it starts like a day or two before I even get to the, or get to the venue or wherever the meet's going to be at. Um, like it always, it never fails the week before or two weeks before we'll do like a heavy session and like some of the way, sometimes it feels good. Sometimes things don't. Um, but now like having the experience of it usually works out because of the taper and like what what like my coach has planned um i think recently i don't get quite as nervous or quite as defeated um but it always happens like a day or two before my anxiety just shoots up and i'm like oh but i did miss this lift three weeks ago it's for sure going to translate um and i'm like why that's stupid why would you think that like you're about to go and at least get at least one lift um and i think that's kind of the progression of it is okay you're super nervous worst thing that happens you're gonna miss all your lifts that is the absolute worst case scenario and then i kind of just walk from there to that's not happening though because you've made I've made 135 or 140 a handful of times. I know I'm capable of hitting it. I know I'm strong enough to hit it. Um, and so then I kind of like take that next step to, okay, you have at least three attempts. Your opener, you've made it a handful of times. You're going to make at least one. Um, and then from there, it kind of progresses to, but what if I like go boss to the wall and hit like a massive PR? That would be crazy. Um, and so then I think while I'm still nervous leading up to the platform, um, I think that kind of gets more excited of the fact that like, I could do some cool shit on this platform. Um, and you just never know. And so then I kind of start to talk with my coach and I'm like, well, minimum for sure. I know this is what I want to do, but like after watching everybody compete and like sitting in the venue for a while. I just get amped up and I'm like, you know what? Just, just put it on the bar. Let's open up with, a, let's open up with the third attempt. 
and I'll just see what can happen. And he's kind of just like, pump the brakes a little bit. We're not going to, you know, go that crazy because we want to get you a total at least. Um, and so then like that nervousness usually translates to excitement. Um, and I'm not going to say it like goes all the way back down, but for sure, once I start warming up, I'm really nervous um, just because that first attempt always just gets me stressed out. Um, but I've been able to, I don't know if I really do like any breathing exercises, um, but like when I sit down, um, I kind of just go through my head, like me visualizing the lifts. And I've been able to do that a lot better lately, like days before um, the day of, of like, okay, I can, I've seen myself make this weight. And I'll even go back and watch videos of me making like my opening attempts or like attempts that I know I have coming up, but I'm like, you've made that weight before. You're going to make it on the platform. Just do what you keep doing. Don't overthink it and just stay consistent in your warm ups leading up to the lift and you're, you'll be just fine. Um, and so it's, I think, a combo of like seeing myself do it and then like visualizing myself, visualizing myself do it. Um, but I won't say calms me down, but I think it puts me more into an attack mode of I know how to execute this lift. Just go out and do it. Don't freak out and you'll be fine. And I guess it's working. I don't know. Uh, but so far, it's it seemed to work. And I think that's kind of what helps me um, get out there and just feel comfortable. I think it's refreshing to hear because we all have those competition nerves or even if people you know, maybe they're going into the gym for the first time, like you get nervous. And I mean, even at your level, at Olympians level, they're still getting nervous. Oh, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> still having that imposter syndrome. They're still thinking that they don't deserve to be there. And uh, I mean, it's never going to go away. Yeah. It, there's definitely things that you can do. Visualization has worked for you. That's not something that I've been able to do well. It just had, I've never just been able to get into the visualization stage. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say, obviously, it's not wrong or anything. It just hasn't worked for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you can repurpose those thoughts, everybody has them. You're not going to be able to just get rid of them completely to just tell somebody, Hey, don't be nervous before a meet. Like, of course you're going to be nervous. You trained a lot to get there. So yeah, I think it's good to hear though. I do think, um, you know, just hearing people at the top, they're the same, same as everybody else. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I have a friend who has told me or like every time she, or every time she see me compete, she'll always ask like, like, how did that feel? Like you didn't like you were nervous or sweating. And I'm like, literally before every lift, I need to go to the bathroom because I want to just <laughs> like sit and not necessarily like throw up, but I could literally throw up before every lift because I'm that nervous. Um, but it's like I said, just channel channeling that for one moment, um, visualizing and then like putting all that nervousness into the lift. But before everyone, I'm on the border of having a meltdown. And so... <laughs> It's, I mean, you also have to care about it too. Yeah. Like if you just didn't give a shit, then you wouldn't get nervous. So no, exactly. it's like, it's, um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you're nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what, um, when we were in Cuba, I don't know if you know, Dave Esther, I think it's, that's Shelby's coach. Um, he said the same thing. Like, he's like, Oh, how you feeling? I'm like nervous I'm about to go out and miss every lift. And he's like, you're not going to miss every lift, but it's good that you're nervous because that means you actually care about it. And I'm like, that's terrific advice. Not helpful right now, but I'm sure later on I'll I'll internalize that. 
Yeah. H- have you like have you noticed that it's quieted down a little bit the more meets that you've been able to do or it's still just kind of there? Mm, it's definitely still there. Um honestly I think it's more there now. Um I I feel like I told someone this recently, but I wish I really wish that I could compete without anyone knowing who I am. Um <laughs> so that way I could just like go out and have fun and there's no pressure. Um, because now, right, you have a meet coming up and you want your friends to be excited. You want people to be excited for you. So you kind of have to market yourself a little bit and be like, Hey, I got this meet coming up. You should watch it. It'll be cool. Da, 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 da. And it's fun when you do that at first, but then you're like, crap, now everybody's watching. Like now I'm even more nervous because you don't want to disappoint your, you know, the people that are supporting you. Um, and I have to fight that battle too of like, I could go out and miss every single lift. Um, but the community that I have that supports me, they wouldn't even care. Like they're just so excited for me to at least be doing what I love and like being at the level. Um, and so like that constant thought helps um that mindset, but it's still kind of just like I just don't want to disappoint. Um, you know, I don't want to disappoint my coach, I don't want to disappoint my parents, my friends, um, the people that have like helped me get here. Um it's it's a fuel but it's also like something i have to make sure i don't let consume me too much because at the end of the day it's just me competing um and i just have to trust myself like over the fear of disappointing people if that makes sense yeah i mean i i have so much respect for anybody who puts it on the line and just like walks out on that platform i saw there was a couple of people who i was watching just random sessions throughout the weekend and a few people went oh for six and i mean you feel for them but at the same time like they got on they got on the stage at a ao finals or national event like for anybody to do that and i think that's another thing that people need to hear is like they're so afraid to get out on the platform because everybody's going to be watching them but there's probably a lot of people who are just really happy to see you out there regardless of what regardless of if you're snatching 40 kilos or 140 mm-hmm. people are just going to be happy that you stepped up that you did something that was outside your comfort zone oh for sure and then and especially like the people that you lift and train with they it's it's ridiculous how outside of how fun the sport is itself the community that you can just foster and people that will just literally be in your corner no matter what because they train with you they know how strong you are and they know like how res- resilient you can be like obviously people want to you want to see your people succeed but it's just fun to see people go out there and just give it their all and just they have fun with it and not necessarily care about the results um and then yeah i think like you're saying that's just the beauty of it and i hope people realize that and i hope they do have that support system for people that just don't care like they care obviously but like they just want to see you go out there and do your thing. Yeah. Are you, have you been watching any of the world championships? Uh, I haven't really been able to watch it mostly because I didn't want to pay for it. Um, but I've been keeping up with a lot of the results. Um, and for sure saw the 73, um, 200. Oh my God. That guy was a freak. Um, and it's crazy, obviously that he did out of a B session. And it's like, why aren't you in the A session getting down with those guys? And then you look at the A session, and it's literally a bloodbath. Yeah, it's wild, though. But, I mean, you see, like, 
if you think about any sport, like people don't think, you know, you go out, you play football with your buddies, like you do flag football. You don't think you're in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I think in weightlifting, a lot of people compare themselves to like the Chinese lifters and they're like, well, like you said, you might never snatch 170, but like, I mean, is that realistic for you? And maybe it is like, maybe you have the perfect training program, you have the perfect genetics and maybe you get there, which would be absolutely awesome. I'll be the first to promote that when, uh, when you snatch 170, but like, it's, it's really not. It's not like the intention of the sport, especially in USA weightlifting. I do think they do a good job of like, I love seeing the Arnold and the, the AO2 and just kind of getting everybody a chance to compete and like get out there on a national platform. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just fun to see people get better. Um, and that's like, like, even if I got injured and I had to stop competing today, like I would for sure make sure my hand is always in this sport or whatever it could be like next up because my favorite part is seeing people pr whether it's their back squat whether it's a push-up a pull-up whatever um that's what's been most addicting i think just for weightlifting in general especially this community nationwide is you just see people get better and like want to get better um and so you just i'm always gonna cheer on people that that are trying to improve themselves and are happy about it have you done any coaching at all? I have not. Um, I definitely at some point will want to. Um, I've been thinking about getting my level one um, within the next year, but we'll just kind of see. Because um, we do have three coaches on our staff right now at Blue Wave. Um, and so I'm just I'm just like, you know, my job right now is just to be an athlete. Um, we'll get to that level when we get there. Um, but for sure in the future, whenever I'm washed up, I definitely want to be a coach for sure. <laughs> yeah. I can just tell by talking to you, like, you know, you have to, you have to care about what other people are doing, like mm-hmm. really be invested. If you have that, some people have that quality, some people don't. And some people are just going to end their weightlifting career and they'll probably never pick up a barbell again. And then other people are just going to be involved with it forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I, I definitely want to be that guy. Um, I definitely want to be able to pour back into the community, especially like after what I've been able to experience and what my coach has done for me. It's cool to see. So what's next? I mean, are you you like, how does it the ranking system work even? Do you get alerted like, hey, this total puts you at this competition or do you even kind of know where where you stand right now? Um, we don't really get like alerted or anything. Um, or maybe we do, I don't really see much of it, but my coach gets a lot. He has a lot of knowledge of what's going on. Um, from what I've gathered and what he told me the other day, um, our like sites are on Pan Ams. Um, I really needed that last clean and jerk to solidify it, like a really good total to make the Pan Am championships. Um, but it looks like they're counting that as an Olympic qualifier. Um, so what I think that means is they'll pull from the like Olympic categories to send our team to it. So pretty much if they didn't, I probably would have had a chance as an 81 to go. Um, I think they're going to 
probably put me like on the 80. I'm not sure exactly how it will map out, but my total will more so count towards an 89 weight class, um, which it's not terrible compared to the 89s, um, but I'll be obviously more competitive as an 81. And you got Nathan Damron as an 89, and I'm not even trying to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him right now. Um, and so we'll see how that shakes out. Um, I think that's in April I was looking at, but the Pan Am games are in October. Um, and so we'll have a little bit more time to get a higher total, I think, for that. Um, so we're eyeing nationals um, in terms of just what we're going to probably peak for for the next year. Past that, I'm not super sure, but there's a chance I could qualify for, like I said, the Pan Am games and probably a world team. So I wasn't too far off um, after this last nationals. That's awesome. Do you have to, so what do you do to keep your diet in check? I know um, I saw you were cutting a little bit of weight. Is that something that you have to, like, what's the cut like down to 80, 81? Um, it totally depends. Um, when I first, the first time I ever had to cut, I was like sitting around 83, 84 kilos. So only about a two or three kilo cut. Um, for the most part, I sit around 84. And if I kind of go a little heavier, that's usually because I'm just eating without any remorse. Um, like I'll have like three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'll be like, oh, I'm a little hungry. I'm going to get a box combo from Cane's, you know? <laughs> like, why am I doing that? Who knows? Um, but that's usually, usually once I cut out like a fourth meal, like all the unnecessary snacks, um, I usually drop back down to 83, 84 pretty good. Because um, for the most part, I eat well. Um, I'll eat the typical chicken, broccoli, and rice for most of my meals. Um, and everybody gets on to me for it. And I'm like, it's just easy to make. It's simple. And it keeps me healthy and able to train and like just feel good. But I'll eat out um, not super frequently, but like at least two or three times a week, depending on what I'm craving or like if I have a celebration for someone. Um for this last cut, I worked with um, Casey or Thriving On um, and Mia, one of their coaches worked with me. Um, and I got to really dial in a little bit better, like my macros, um, kind of the foods I needed to eat, um, like my nutrition or during and after, right after training. Um, and so that was really cool to kind of see how that influenced my performance as well. Um, but for the most part, it's just eating clean and not really going off the rails too much. Um, and then once we kind of have to start cutting down, it's just calories at that point. It's awesome that you're, I mean, you're still learning, like, like this is all still pretty new to you. So, I mean, you'll have, you'll have time to figure out what works best for your body and, you know, it'll be interesting to keep following you on this journey to see where you end up because who knows, like you've made it this far after two years. So if you keep training like world team Olympics, is there anything that you, you would love to accomplish in the sport? I think worlds is, I think that was like the next big thing. Um, cause obviously like I kind of know I've been striking distance for a Pan Am team. Um, and could potentially place at one of those meets. Um, but I think 
within the next two to three years, it'd be really cool to be in the mix at a world championships. And even if I'm like in an A session, like that would be crazy. Um, I think Olympics is way up there in terms of possibility. Um, I'm not going to say never, uh, but it's it would take a lot of dedication um, that I hope I can keep putting in. Um, but I think right now Worlds is, I think, the next attainable um, goal. Yeah, and I'm sure that wasn't always something that you saw as like the attainable goal. Not even close. If you would have told me right when I started that I was going to be even like able to podium at a national event, I would have been like, mm, probably not, but okay. Um, like you're just making it up at this point. Um, but three years later, here we are in the mix at the top level, at the nationals level. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I love it, man. I'm excited to keep following you on your journey. Where can uh, people go if they want to keep following you on Instagram, seeing your training and when your next competitions are coming up? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram um, and TikTok. Um, on Instagram, I am at Mr. Vic27. Um, that's V-I-C-27. Um, I post, I try to post at least once a week of training, um, like an actual post or a reel. And then I post on my story pretty frequently. It's mostly just nonsense and memes sometimes, but <laughs> um, and then on in on TikTok, I've been bad about it, but I think my handle is lift it bvic. So like lift underscore it underscore bvic. Um, and I'm usually a lot better about posting every day uh, my training on there. So I need to get back on the swing of things. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you hitting me up.